0: I'm Dr. Sterling. I'm a board-certified OB-GYN and mom. Welcome to the Becoming Moms podcast, where I give you the step-by-step to optimizing your physical and emotional wellness in pregnancy so you can create a nourishing environment for your baby, your family, and yourself. The information shared in this podcast is intended for general education purposes only and is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you heard in this podcast. All right, lovelies, let's dive in to this week's episode. I am so excited to be joined with Dr. Sahar Martinez for this episode. Dr. Martinez is a doctor of marriage and family therapy. She's a mom of two, and we just have a great time anytime (laughs) we get together. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone?
1: Well, first off, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm Dr. Sahar Martinez. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I am the founder of a therapy group called the Process Wellness Collective. And uh, I work with a lot of moms. I work with a lot of moms. I work with a lot of parents, and it's the the kind of the crux of the work that I do is supporting families in their transition into parenthood.
0: Oh, what a! Be- I mean, what a beautiful space to work in. I love it. It's I think so it's fun, great.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I get to hold babies that are not my babies.
0: <laughs> How you know what? That's really that's something because you know I have. My son, my third, is f- five weeks old right now, mm. and my daughter, who's five years old, is obsessed with him. And I said to her, I was like, you know, Celeste, like this is going to be the last time for a very long time that you're going to probably be around newborns. Mm. Maybe her aunt will will have kids, but like my three brothers are like pretty far away from that. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's um. It is special to be able to, there's something so special about babies, but we'll get into all of that. (laughs) So what we're talking about today is this big, huge question of when to know if your family is complete, Mm -hmm. when to know if you're going to try for another pregnancy. And for some of us, it's like a decision we make. And sometimes it's a decision that's made for us. Mm So I'm wondering if you can share your experience with this question.
1: Yeah, I would love to. Um, My husband and I, when when we decided that we were ready to become parents, the conversation was always around two children. And we're both like, he has a brother and a sister. I have one sister. And at the time, like the people around us were all parents of like one or two kids. And so we really sat down and we had like an intentional conversation around it. And we're like, this is what makes sense for our family. You know, if if it's if it works out for us to have two, great. If it works out for us to have one, also great. But it was never more than that. And okay. then uh we got married, we got pregnant on our wedding night. And it was like, well, that was oh e- easy. Diving right in. Yeah, we dove right in head first. Um, and had a baby nine months later, and then got pregnant a second time, uh, our first night away from our first, about a year later. Wow. Yeah. So at that point it was like, I think for me, I was like, wait, I, you know, I know we had the conversation. We made the decision to have two kids, but it also happened so fast that I yeah. felt like I like couldn't get my footing underneath yeah. it, you know? And I, my experience of being a mom of really young babies is like, they hit this really delicious period, like around four to six months, mm-hmm. right? Where they start like cooing and babbling and like sitting up and becoming this like interactive human right because yeah. they're just kind uh-huh. of
0: like a blob when they come out totally
1: um and it's always around that period where i'm like oh my god <laughs> one more like yeah. i want one more uh i struggled with postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety after the birth of my second child okay and honestly probably after the birth of my first like looking back on it um and i remember trying to find like meaning or context for how I was feeling. And all I kept landing on was like, I want a third kid. And my husband found me crying in our bedroom one day uh, after the kids had gone to bed. And I like blurted this out and he like full transparency, he had scheduled a vasectomy like for the next two weeks.
0: Yeah, he's like,
1: he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like we are, I thought we were done. Yeah. And I had to really take a step back in that moment. And I actually think it was this moment in a lot of ways that like defined the work that I do. Because I had to take a step back and be like, okay, where am I at emotionally? What Mm -hmm. is like the logical best for our family? And then what is the middle ground between these two things? And where I was at emotionally is I felt a lot of sadness and a lot of anxiety that I didn't have, that didn't have purpose around it. And so I didn't know how to assign meaning to it. Logically, I knew my family, we were complete before us. Like that was it. If there was anything that we were adding to our family, it was going to be a dog at some point. (laughs) Like it was definitely yeah. not going to be another kid. Um, I personally don't have the energy. I have two boys. I don't have the energy for a third boy, which would like probably be no. my luck in life. Boys are, <laughs> It's nonstop. Yeah. Um, So I had to do a lot of that work, like both internally within myself and in conversation with my partner, who was like, wait a second, like everything yeah. that we had discussed previously feels like it's going out the window. And like, I'm going through a... Surgery to make sure Mm -hmm. that that happens, like that Mm -hmm. you know, our path is like solidified. So, we had to have that conversation. I had to have that conversation with myself. And what I landed on was like, I didn't actually want a third kid. Part of me was mourning like the loss of the baby phase, yeah, you know, and part of me was scared going into this unknown of like what my life was going to be like outside of parenting babies because that's what I had been doing for so long. Like, my son wasn't even two yet when I had my younger. Yeah, you know, and so it was like, okay, so I'm fully about to transition into like being a mom of a toddler mm-hmm. and a mom of a baby who, like, for all intents and purposes, my youngest is wild and you know is Those a very baby. Kids. Yeah, the second kid is a stereotypical second kid. Yeah, he's so baby in so many ways, but also so fiercely independent. Yeah, and I knew that I wasn't gonna get like the same kind of like babiness that I did with my first.
0: Yeah. So that's like a very long-winded way of telling my story. (laughs) But yeah. What I think is so um, important about your story is that you didn't have this like feeling that just arrived of completeness completeness and knowing. Mm -hmm. And I think that that really trips people up Mm -hmm. because I mean... We don't I don't I feel like this isn't something we talk about a ton. I certainly haven't heard a lot yeah. of discourse around this question. But the discourse that I have heard, the conversations I have heard fall along the lines of well, you know, I just I knew that we had there was one more baby waiting for us and I knew that or you know they post the picture of the final child and like our family is complete, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think it makes a lot of people feel like, gosh, I don't have that feeling. So how, if I don't have that certainty, which I believe some people just have a certainty and that, that's wonderful. You know, it's nice to know that. Um, but if I don't have that, then how do I, I work through that. And I know for me, the very interesting thing with my third pregnancy. So my husband, when I met him thought he was like 11 children. Oh my god. Like <laughs> completely unrealistic, right? Changes tune real quick once we had our first. <laughs> but you know, we're we're a Jewish family and there is this feeling of, you know, the the Jewish population has still not recovered mm-hmm. from the yeah. Shoah. Yeah. We are still less in numbers than we were before the Shoah. So there yeah. is this feeling in our community of wanting to have lots and lots of children sure. to to grow our, you know to grow our people. Um, so I think that that's where that came from, from him. And also he just hadn't been around kids. So he had like Mm. no context for how difficult they are. And so we had our first and he was like, hold up, (laughs) definitely not 11. But we were thinking, (laughs) we were definitely thinking three or four. I'm, he's from a very small family Mm. and I'm from a very big family. And he loved coming over to like my grandparents' house and feeling those vibes. And then, um, So we had our two kids and we thought, okay, definitely a third, went for the third. And my third, probably like six weeks, I was like, this was, this was a mistake. Mm -hmm. This was a mistake. Look at my two beautiful children. They are amazing. Mm -hmm. Why did I think that I was, why did I think that my family wasn't complete? And I had this realization. I'm very happy. Hudson's here the pregnancy was hard, but he's here and we, we are happy that he's here. Yeah. But it was interesting. I was like, why did I think that there was a certain number that was going to make my family feel complete? I mm-hmm. thought, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, oh, I have to get to this number and then it will feel complete. And what I realized is that it's, it's, I had to make a decision in that pregnancy because it was so difficult. I was like, Mm -hmm. this is done. I cannot do this again. Even though in my mind there was like a possible fourth child. Mm -hmm. And so I, I made the decision. I didn't feel that we were complete. I felt this weird, like, well, were we complete before? I was in a very like gray space of questioning everything. And then it's so interesting. We I made the decision. I was like, this is it. And I didn't feel a sense of completeness until he was here and I, and it was, the decision was made and then I felt it, but I did mm-hmm. not feel it. I was very confused before. In fact, so confused that I was like, this third pregnancy should, shouldn't should have happened. Yeah. But anyway, you know, I just think that there's, it's complicated.
1: It's very, I, I was sharing this with you earlier. My kids are five and almost seven. And I didn't feel a sense of like completeness maybe until a year and a half ago. Yeah. Like there was still this piece of me that was like, you know, like if there was like a miracle that happened and I got pregnant again, it would be okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like around, around a year and a half ago where I was like, oh no, I'm done. Okay. Like I'm, I'm done. We're done. Our family is complete and I'm happy with that. I'm happy. I'm content. I'm at peace with it. What did that feel like? It was life-giving. Okay. Just life-giving. But I also think that like it was for me that sense of completeness mm-hmm. came in a in another transitional point in life where okay. it was like my kids were no longer in diapers. They yeah. were self-sufficient for, you know, in a lot of it. They could get up in the morning and sort themselves out mm-hmm. and there was different kinds of responsibilities. Now it was like T-ball games and school drop offs and that kind of stuff. Right. But I sat down at one moment and I remember thinking like, if we were to have a third baby right now, so much of my attention would go towards that baby. Yeah. And I wasn't at a I'm not at a place where I'm willing to do that in my family. Right. Like and take away time from my kids or take away time from my career. And maybe that's selfish or we know whatever it is. But I would have to, that's what it would entail is that it would take time away from my husband my my children that i have now and my yeah. job and honestly yeah. it would be my job probably that would go first and that was something that yeah. i was unwilling to do i was like i i'm we're in a good place and yeah. i feel really good about that and i don't want to go back to that newborn phase anymore yeah you know and i think the uh, the silver lining of it is that we have like a lot of friends and family members who are having babies right now and so I get my baby fix in that way, where I'm like, "Bring me your babies." The second they walk in my door, yeah. I'm like, "I, was, you go sit down." I and I just literally like I grab a. Go out town sling. for the weekend. Yeah, literally, <laughs> yeah. I grab a ring sling that I still have, and I'm like, "I'm gonna wear your baby," and I just like wear their babies, and it's for a couple hours, and then I send them home with their parents.
0: <laughs> that is amazing. And you know what's interesting, and if anybody feels differently about their newborn by all means, this is just my experience. My three newborns have been remarkably similar. You know what I mean? They, I mean, they have different, they have slightly different things, but newborns, like they make the same sounds. Yeah. They make the same faces. Like, you know, they, they, I love, I love newborns themselves. Yeah. The newborn phase is a little bit much for me. It's hard. Yeah. I'm, you know, there are some people who just love the, um, The fact that this being needs them so much and I'm much more comfortable with it now with my third because I understand that this is just a season, Mm -hmm. but I'm also someone who's like, I don't like to be tied down at all. So I really bristled with it with, so I didn't love the newborn phase. I'm, I'm like, I am liking the newborn phase this time because I have a better perspective of how short it is. And I know Mm -hmm. that I'm not going to do it again. But I realized I was looking, I'm like, oh, I'm trying to, you know, savor this and, and, you know, soak you in. And then I was thinking, but truthfully, the sounds that you're making and like the way that you're yawning and like all of that, it looks like every newborn that I've ever seen. So I'm excited to see you come out and that will come Mm -hmm. and that's going to be limited that, but like the newborn ish, I can, you know. A friend's newborn (laughs) will also have those same cute yawns and coos and all of that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I also think like there, I want to put language to this, like there, I have so much personally for me, there's so much privilege in being able to conceive easily. Yeah. And I recognize that like my fears exist in, it always existed in getting pregnant again and never in what would happen if I couldn't get pregnant. Right. You know? And so I think it was a different set of experiences and working with clients who have experienced infertility or secondary infertility, you know, where they have had an easy time getting pregnant the first time and then are ready a, to... That's
0: a mind trip right there. Yeah. yeah. So
1: it's, I mean, I don't even have language to put around yeah. it and how yeah. difficult and challenging and heartbreaking it is. Yeah. So I also want to put that, it's, it's like, yeah, I, like my husband looked at me and I got knocked up, yeah. you know, and that was yeah. great for us and hard for us in some ways, but does not even hold a candle to like what the experience on the other side could have been. Yeah. So like, I feel like there is a lot of privilege in being able to say like, I knew my family was complete, like after we had our second, because I never had to worry about having the second or having the first even. Right, right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, that's, you know, it's a very different thing when you decide more or less that your family is complete right. versus when external circumstances decide that Absolutely. for you.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the process that you go through is entirely different. And there's, I would, you know, I would venture just thinking about it, that there's a lot more grief and mourning that comes from when the decision is, is made for you versus when you make the decision.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that when When we don't have like the autonomy to make decisions about our own bodies, yeah and it's made for us externally, there's so much loss and grief and anger in that, yeah, you know, and all of that is just, all yeah. of that is just, yeah, so I think when we talk about this, like how do we know when our family is complete, sometimes we just have to come to acceptance, yeah, you know, yeah, of like it's complete because there is no other option, yeah whether that is because of the way our body is interacting, the external factors, finances, relationships, whatever. Sometimes the knowing is an acceptance.
0: Yep. And you don't necessarily have to be happy about it. No, you don't have to like it. Yeah. (laughs) You don't have to like it. And I think, you know, our family, so much of what our family ends up being is so different than what we had ever envisioned, like what it was going to look like and what it was going to feel like. I think more important than it's the feeling, right? You know, I had a a vision of what it was going to feel like to be a mom and feel like to have this family. And when you have all of these hopes and dreams for your family, and then you can't bring that to fruition for whatever Mm -hmm. reason, there's, that was very real to you. You felt it. You felt it in your heart. You know what I mean? You saw the kids at the table, like Mm -hmm. you saw all of that. And it's a, it's a very real loss, even though there was no person that existed that you lost. Right. That idea still really matters. I don't know.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: I, if you had asked me a
1: decade ago, like what I thought my life would look like, I would have said I would be married to John, who's my husband.
0: John and Mary
1: (laughs) (laughs) would have been awkward if it was anyone else. Um, I would have said, you know, I'll be married to John, and we have two daughters, and we like live this great life, you know. And that is true, except we have two sons. Yeah, you know. And I remember, even still, we. My husband has a vasectomy. We are very open about that. My entire family, like more people that should know, know. Like he (laughs) he loves talking about it. He's like a big advocate for it. Um, but we we still get a lot of feedback of like you guys should have one more.
0: Oh, to try for the girl. Yeah, yeah.
1: you need yep, the girl yep, yep. because boys will girls will stay and take care of you when you're older. That's like the cultural narrative that we have. Yeah. and boys will always leave. And I was like, yeah, but I don't want any of my kids to be like, they're <laughs> responsible for me yeah. or feel that, you know? Yeah. So I think that there, that's another, and you touched on this as well. Like there is a cultural piece of this sometimes that we have to look at yes. on a greater scale yes. to see like, do I feel this way? Because this is how I'm quote unquote supposed to feel. Yep. Or do I feel this way? Because I really have like this extra <sighs> space in my experience for this other child.
0: And and teasing that out, Mm -hmm. teasing out. And this is the, I think the plight of all women (laughs) everywhere, teasing out, what do I feel I should do because I want to please those around me. And I want to check the boxes because I want to be good. Mm -hmm. And what do I truly in my heart of hearts want? Right. And that's, that's not, Easy to do all of the time. Right. (laughs) Takes a lot of work. Pregnancy can be really hard. On top of all the physical stuff, there's the emotional impact of not feeling well and not feeling at home in your body for months on end. If you are having a tough time in pregnancy, you are not alone. I have so been there and I want to help you. Head over to thebestpregnancyclass.com to register for my free class, 4 Ways to Make Your Pregnancy Easier and Healthier. This class is all about taking some of the stress and overwhelm off your plate. Head over to thebestpregnancyclass.com and pick a time to watch the class from the comfort of your own home. You deserve support, Mama. What would your advice for somebody who's really struggling with this question um will say struggling you know is not experiencing external factors that prevent them from having a child so they mm-hmm. could have another child, but they don't know if their family's complete they don't they don't they just don't know what to do yeah, what they have would you, how you help them
1: so I always start on the logical side okay. with when I work with clients so I want to look at like where does your relationship stand? Where do your finances stand? What is the actual uh, possibility that this like next child, this other child fits into your life in a way that doesn't add any extra strain on the things that are already happening. Right. And sometimes the conversation ends there where it's like, you know what, actually financially we can't swing it. Our relationship is fragile, you know, we have yeah. X, Y, and Z going, we don't have, we live in a space where we can't move and we don't have the physical room for it. And it's like, okay, so we can tackle the emotional, but if logically we're landing on, we cannot make this work, yeah. then then let's tackle the emotional for what it is and know that like the answer lies there. Yeah. You know? And I think that's a lot of like the, the conversations that we don't have before we have kids. Kids are expensive.
0: Yes, they are.
1: You know, even <laughs> if you are- breastfeeding, even if you're using cloth diapers, even if you're doing all the things that you can do, even if you don't have childcare, yeah. they're still, you have to go to the doctor. You have to pay for birth. No matter where
0: you birth, no, you have to pay a, for it. I just paid a 6K for my birth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
1: you birth in a hospital, you have to pay for it. You birth at home, you have to pay for it. You yeah. birth in a birthing center, you have to pay for it. You have to pay for your own aftercare, for the baby's aftercare. So yeah. a lot of times that conversation starts and ends around finances. To be really honest. Yeah. Because I think they're conversations that we don't
0: have. I think we think that love conquers all. And you know, it doesn't. It's, it's that um, it's that weird kind of American narrative where it's like mm-hmm. money is everything, but it shouldn't matter. Yeah. You know, in these types of decisions. Yeah. Um, I I remember like as a high school student thinking, well, it doesn't you know, if you love someone, it doesn't matter if you're homeless in a box. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> it kind of matters, especially if you have kids. Yeah.
0: It kind of matters. 16-year-old Christine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you don't. That's yeah. So, yeah, um I think that I think people sometimes I would expect like feel guilty if they financially yeah. can't swing another kid. Yeah. And they, but they feel like they're supposed to have another child. Sure. So, what you're saying is, well, let's look at things logically because yeah. children are a huge stress on the system. Children and are huge. And if also the system humans. can't handle it, the system can't handle it. Yeah. And then deal with the emotions that come with the decision. Sure. Like we can handle that process. Is right. Is that what you're
1: saying? And so, yeah. And so, I okay. think when we look at like, the factors that are currently in, in anyone's life. And we look at things like finances, housing, you know, all that kind of stuff, we can get a better footing on, does this actually fit? If they're still like, yeah, you know what, financially we can afford it. We have the room, whatever. Then I want to look at the relationship. Okay. Like, where is, how is your relationship? I knew for me that the, the introduction of a third child into my marriage would be not great for us. Yeah and i want to maintain my marriage you yeah. know i want to stay married to the person that i love and so i wasn't willing to sacrifice my marriage to have another child yeah selfish or
0: not like that is what it is i think I mean, we look go y'all ahead. are the the foundation of that family
1: exactly I mean? and you know my husband and i we have a very strong like co-parenting relationship yes yeah. and that like like our five year old is off of school this week. I work today. He's with our kid all day. Yeah. You know? And then, so it's very, it's very equal. And sometimes I do more and sometimes he does more. Yeah. But if we were to introduce the third child into that, I don't think we would be able to have the same rhythm, at least not for a few years. Yep. Because solidly with both of my children, like the first two years of their lives, like it was all me.
0: One hundred percent. You
1: know, because I'm, we didn't I'm have I'm living it option. right now. Yeah, you got it. Yeah.
0: You know, Wait, it's I, just when you're breastfeeding. Yes, that's just that's you.
1: There's also like the biological connection between like a birthing yeah. parent and their child, where like yeah. sometimes when your baby is inconsolable with anybody else, all you have to do is hold them, and they they calm down. Now you're yeah. tired and covered in vomit or breast milk or poop or whatever. Yeah. But like you do what you have to do. I
0: hated that with my first. I hated that I was, and I I mean, it's, it's a harsh reality to, you know, it's harsh to say it, but truthfully, it really bothered me that I was the only one that could do certain things. It's really, really hard. Yeah. I really didn't like that. And again, I think I would have, had I had the, not just the knowledge, but the understanding in my being that I have now that that was short-lived yeah I would have been okay mm-hmm. but there's when you are a first-time parent there's no context for how long this lasts because it feels like forever and you don't yeah. know and then people are like just wait till they're a toddler and you're like ah yeah 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 so talk to me about someone who feels like they want more kids, Mm -hmm. but has external circumstances like infertility Yeah, that is preventing them from, you know, they've, they've come to the realization that they don't want to try anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, IVF has run its course or it's too, I mean, let's be honest. A lot of people don't even get there. Right. It's it's cost prohibitive. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think it's really, it's about doing the grief work at that point. You know, it's, both like it's mourning a lot of different types of losses. Okay. So it's mourning the loss of identity. Okay. And that like you are now the parent of one child or two children and you had envisioned having more than that. You know, I often see this being most challenging in parents of one child.
0: Okay.
1: Because there is both the loss of identity for parents of being like okay, we're just we're parents to one child. Yep. But also this like anticipatory loss of the kid being resentful or sad that they don't have a sibling.
0: Isn't that so interesting? Mm-hmm. That's such a, it's such a, what I find so interesting about that narrative is that every, everybody who has one children will, one child will tell you. Yes. that everybody's like, you have to have another, you have to have another, you can't, he can't, or she can't be by themselves. Right. And there I've heard from so many parents of just of one child that, um, they really, really worry about that. Mm. But then I don't know a lot about you, but I look around in the world and I see a lot of siblings that don't get along. So that's the thing. And that's the thing that I always tell my clients I'm like,
1: you, like, providing a sibling for your child does not guarantee that they're going to have like a built in
0: best friend. Uh, yeah. They could or have like a built in <laughs> anything. An anta- like, there's yeah. antagonistic, you know, sibling relationships. Yes. Yeah. Sibling
1: dynamics are hard. They are, yeah. They're really hard, you know? I have one sister, and one sister that's biologically my sister. I have a sister-in-law who I also call my sister. And I'm really lucky that, like, they're two of the closest people in my life. But, like, my sister and I were not super close growing up. Yeah. Like, we just weren't. We became close as adults. Like, she went away to college and we became close. Yeah. And so I think if, like, my parents will say now, like, it is such a relief that you guys are as close as you are. And that your kids are around the same age and they're growing up. She lives 10 minutes down the street from me. Like, you know, we're very much involved in each other's lives. Um, But I know like for my mom, especially like she felt it was a real touch and go there for a little while. Yeah. So I think it's like this anticipatory loss that we feel on behalf of our kids. It's very natural. Like we're parents, we want the best for them, but it also isn't necessarily true. Right. You know, you're, I, I, remember being a kid and always being like, Oh, I wish I had an older brother. Like there was something really, that sounded really cool about having an older brother. I,
0: I totally understand what you're talking. I'm the oldest girl. So I, I completely understand that. So
1: yeah. I'm the oldest sister and I always like, I don't know, but maybe it's the way it's portrayed in media or whatever, but I was like,
0: Oh man, I'm going to I look out want- for you.
1: Yeah. He has like yeah. cute friends. Cute friends. <laughs> I think it's
0: mostly the cute friends. I'm not going to lie. Exactly. <laughs>
1: But that doesn't mean that like my parents failed me in any way. I don't right. resent them because they didn't like have a child before me that was a boy, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so I think kids will say things. And I think kids that grow up as only children, they find chosen family. Totally. And I think as parents, we're able to also provide that for our kids. You know, we- Well, we
0: also have a lot more free time to have friendships of, mm-hmm. if you only have one child, you have a lot more free time and energy yeah. to actually- maintain friendships. Yes. And a, and with a network. Yes. That's not nothing. Those yeah. family friends can be so important. They're life-giving. Yes. Life-giving, yes. you
1: know. I think the other piece of this is when I work with individuals or couples, I always ask them to like zoom out. Let's zoom out. What do you see your life with the the child or the children that you have now? What do you see it looking like 5 years from now? Okay you know? And so a lot of times I'll be like, we want to travel with our kids. We want to, you know, do X, Y, and Z. And then I'll be like, okay, now factor in, if you were to have a baby next year, how would that like either contribute or take away from your plans? Yeah. And almost always it's like, well, like these things that we want to do would be pushed back by a few years. Yep. And then if they're pushed back from, by a few years, then I'm X years old. Yeah. And maybe it's harder at that point, you know, maybe it's whatever. And so it's about like, having these logistical conversations to open up the door to having the emotional conversation.
0: Yeah. 100. I think that that's a really great way to look at, look at it because so often we're just completely guided by the emotions in this and our, when your emotions are kind of a mess, it's like, how do you put order to that? Just, you know, I had part of the reason I was feeling regret Early in this, my third pregnancy, because Mm -hmm. one, I think if I was feeling great, I wouldn't have felt regret. I was feeling so terrible. And I was feeling regret was, oh my gosh, we could have been starting this really fun phase because Oliver is two. And right now, you know, we are, he is a second child, poster child for a second child. So he's a lot. He's just a lot. So I'm like, you know, it's probably going to be, uh a f- two years for him to be somebody that we could travel with, whereas my daughter Celeste, we took her to Italy, we took her to Israel when Maybe. she was you know eighteen months old. no problem.
1: typical first kid,
0: no problem. second kid, there's no way I'd be on a plane. <laughs> two hours and forty five minutes is the longest flight we've taken, uh-huh. and I was pulling my hair out uh-huh. so um, and part of me was like, Oh my gosh, I've just set myself back now it's like this I'm having another boy. It's not two years before we can do the things. It's four years. yeah. And that was all part of the, the, the regret that I had that has yeah. since gone away. But yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And look, I think that like, if we're going to talk about parenthood really honestly, like there is regret that comes yeah. in. Yeah. You know, yeah. I remember my husband and I had a lot of conversations in the beginning of the pandemic. I'm like, I wonder what our friends who don't have kids are doing right now. You know, <laughs> and it we had a, two-year-old well, they had, and a they four-year-old. they had a lot of hobbies they had a lot of hobbies they could yeah. sleep in they could you know what I mean? like they could do all these things that for us was like completely off the table. We had a two year old and a four year old
0: yeah, so and who, <laughs> we still do not have a vaccine for. I hope perhaps by the time this episode is released, I don't think so though. <laughs> <'Cause> we're releasing <laughs> it pretty quick, um, yeah, no vaccine still, yeah, yeah. you
1: know, and so it was like. I think that regret is a very typical part of parenthood yeah. that we don't talk about enough. And there's a lot of shame around. Oh, for sure. A lot of shame around. For sure.
0: When I shared, I shared, I recorded videos my um, throughout my pregnancy and I didn't mm-hmm. share them in real time because mm-hmm. I started very early and I wanted yeah. to protect myself a little bit. But um, I shared in one of the videos, like, I am actually feeling like maybe this wasn't The best choice,
1: yeah,
0: and um, and I didn't feel shame around that because it's like, yeah, I'm I I am miserable. Like I get, I open my eyes in the morning, I'm miserable. I close my eyes at night, I'm miserable. Who wouldn't not want to feel that way? I think that's very human. But um, so I heard from so many people, so Mm. many people that they had no idea that anyone else had felt that way and they were shocked that I had shared that. They're like, Uh I would never have told anybody. That would have been something I took to my grave that I had had any regret. And I did hear from some people were like, don't you think, what if your child hears that? And it's like I have zero concern about yeah, that. Yeah,
1: you're like I'm okay with that. My kid will know that they're loved. And yeah, like, I mean by the yeah. time
0: he can comprehend what that means, we will have had a few years together to establish a relationship. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully I will raise an empathetic young man who for let's be real, I'm not going to be listening to my pregnancy diet. going <laughs> <be some freaking laughs> to be so freaking uninterested. going to be so uninterested. Um, but yeah, that's anyway we can you know, we can regret things as parents. we can
1: regret things. Okay. And it doesn't mean that they don't that we don't love the the experience that we regret, right? Like yeah. I love my kids. I hated being pregnant.
0: Yeah. Oh girl. and I could
1: not I could never say that to anybody because it was like, it's such a blessing. You got pregnant so easy. And I was like, Correct, yeah, I'm super grateful for that. Like there's yeah. no there's every part of my I know what it looks like on the other side of things. I've worked with enough people to know that. Yeah. But it also like I can I can hate this part of it and yes. that's okay. 100%. You know? Yeah.
0: Okay. Talk to me about, though, this is a big one. This is going to be our final question. Talk to me about when two partners do not agree on if their family is complete or not.
1: I always, always, <sighs> always recommend starting this conversation before even getting into a serious relationship. Okay. So this should be a conversation, I don't, I hate to say should, but this hopefully is a conversation that people start having when they see their relationship taking like, a turn where it could go into becoming parents together. Yeah. Kids, like if kids are a non-negotiable for you, like you need to express that to your partner. Yeah. You know,
0: and, and I think do not that... expect someone to change.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I remember my husband and I met very young. We were like twenty-two when we met. Oh,
0: that's when my husband and I met too.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah. And in the beginning, I remember like in passing, in the first couple months of us dating, he had said something along the lines of like, "I don't ever want to have kids." And I was like, cool, 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 and I kind of like noted that in my head. And I was like, this will not be the guy that I end up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I definitely want to have kids, not now, but I definitely want to have kids. And when our relationship began to take a more serious turn a few years later, we reapproached the conversation. I reapproach the conversation, yeah. and I was like, you said this before. Do you still maintain that? Because that's going to impact like whether or not you know we move in together or totally. we become more serious. Because I, this is a non-negotiable. for Yeah. Me. And at that point he was like, no, I think like down the line, not now, but like down the line, I like definitely could see having a kid or two, probably two. And I was like, great. Cool. We don't have to go any further than that. (laughs) Then we'll like, you know, we'll see what happens. I think when it comes to having the conversation, like when you've already had a child or when you're thinking about like, what's going to complete, quote unquote, complete the family. Right. Again, it comes down to like how much of this is rooted in the emotional piece of it. And how much of it is rooted in like how you actually feel. My thought process is always like if we're entering partnership with somebody, there is always space to take consideration for what the other person wants and to give and take, right? And so when we're talking about having kids, if it's a hard no for one partner, there has to be the openness to hearing out why. Yeah. You know, and oftentimes like that's where something really significant comes up. Where it's like, yeah, I think I'm worried that if we have another kid, we're going to have even less time together. Yep. And I'm already like not fulfilled in the relationship that we have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know? So you you have a scenario in which one partner has, you know, you have two kids, three kids, however many kids, yeah. really wants another child. Mm-hmm. And the other partner is saying, I cannot handle any more children. Yeah. My mental health my, whatever it is, I can't handle it. Mm -hmm. How do you reconcile? I mean, these are two, these are two huge desires, right? There's Mm -hmm. one desire that I feel like I, that I need another baby. I need another child. And the other is, you know, this will break me. Yeah. How, how do you get to a place where you're not resenting each other? You know?
1: Yeah. You have those honest conversations and they're hard to hear. You know what I mean? And so it went by the time couples typically come to see me in yeah. doing this work, Ooh. there is like a lot of conflict that's yeah. happening around this topic. Yeah. Right. And where it usually lands in this scenario specifically is that one person is actually I like identifying and acknowledging that there is conflict in the relationship the other person is running away from it. Okay. The person who's running away from it is usually the one who wants to have the other kid.
0: Interesting, yeah. You
1: know, it's really- I can,
0: That dynamic makes sense. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's really easy to fill your time with kids. Yes. And not- And ignore so, what's
0: going on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Exactly. So For like sure. when I say that I work with like uh, couples who are in like transitioning into parenthood, I sometimes work with couples who have adult children that have launched. And it's the first time that they're kind of like, oh shit, like we have to actually like be in partnership together and we don't have anything else now around. That's a distraction that we can pour all of our energy into. So now what, Mm. you know? And so when I get a couple of younger children who are having this, this discussion, this conflict, this argument, like that's where we start. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes it's about being like, okay, do you hear that your partner is saying that they are so overwhelmed that they don't know that they can be like a healthy, functional human being in general, let alone like as a parent, as a partner, as anything, if there is one more child. Yeah. Like that's how worn thin they are. Yeah.
0: I think at the end of the day, you know, I you wanna you look at this situation where there's a strong desire for another child and a strong desire not to have another child. And it seems like it's such a it's so much an entire human being is so much Mm -hmm. it seems like it would be unless one person truly gets to a place where they want that and they are willing to take that on it seems like a lot to put onto a human being who's saying no a child anytime you put a child you know, onto someone who's saying no, Mm -hmm. that is, um, that's a lot, that's a lot to do to a
1: person. It's damaging to be. if I'm going to be like really honest, it's damaging for the person it's damaging for the baby. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of research out there that shows like when there is conflict between like with a pregnant person Mm -hmm. and whoever is around them, Like that negatively impacts the baby in utero. Yeah,
0: yeah. Unfortunately, that's true. Yeah. You know,
1: like there is. This is why we have like infant mental health specialists, like the people that work in hospitals, like working on attachment stuff with newborn babies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so we have to also take that into consideration. Like, it's not babies are humans. Yeah. You know, and like when they come out, they need to be in a situation that is safe. And that's just not like having a roof over their heads. It has to be
0: emotionally safe for them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's really tough. I mean, I can, if I had, I can just so easily see myself in either position, you Mm -hmm. know, and I think it's a really hard situation to be in. I hear, I hear from a lot of people who are in that, that conflict with their partner. Mm -hmm. And I think that. I think your advice to really get underneath the want, like what Mm -hmm. is underneath the want for the child? I mean, that's your experience, right? You had this deep want. And when you Mm -hmm. went underneath it, there was so much else there. And so if we can just get curious about why we feel Mm -hmm. that another child needs to happen. And that's kind of the revelation that I had during my third pregnancy is, is wait, why did I think that a third was required in order that that was the minimum in my head three was the minimum for my family to be complete. Mm. And looking back, I'm like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. I, I I now see, I now see that we would have been complete at any stage. Yeah. I actually, which is even stranger. My third pregnancy to realize this, (laughs) realize that, Hey, we would have been really happy without kids too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we would have been a family. Yeah. I I just, I, I, it was such a weird experience to think about if we didn't have kids, we would probably be spending a lot more time with our friends Mm -hmm. and our friends very much like the friends that we went through residency with and everything very much felt like family. And because we have three kids now, we don't spend as much time with them, but that was a, that was a family too, in -hmm. a lot of ways, because we went through the trenches together. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. It's just interesting to see that. Oh yeah, actually I could have been complete any of one of these stages and nothing magic happened. It was just, I finally decided that it was okay to say I was complete yes. and I didn't feel like it was okay to say I was complete at two or one or zero or zero. Oh, I definitely mm. didn't feel that there.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think as women, like we're taught like that we're a condition to say like a family is when you have children Yeah, and the reality of it is, yeah. is that like, my husband and I were a family before we were married and before we had kids. Yeah. Like we considered each other's family, our family well before that happened. Yep. You know? And so it's like, we got married in 2014 and I, I can tell you like the moment that I felt like we became family was when my sister-in-law had her first baby where I was like, that is my, that baby (laughs) is mine. Like, you know, (laughs) that's my baby. Yeah. I love that. You know what I mean? And it's like that in that moment, I remember, Saying to my husband, if anything ever happened where we weren't together, like I'm still gonna be a part of their lives. Yeah. And he was like, I wouldn't have it any other way. And I was like, Great,
0: cool, awesome. <laughs> You're never getting rid of me. Yeah, I love I'm, it. I'm gonna
1: be here forever. <laughs> you know? And so I think yeah. it's also that, like the context on how we define family. What does family yeah. actually mean? You yeah. know what I mean? And it's it's not just in our role as a parent and all of that. And I think that's a lot of the completeness that we feel is when we allow ourselves to be seen in an identity outside of motherhood, in addition to motherhood. Right. You know, so I feel complete in my life right now because I've allowed myself to say, I am a mom to my children Mm -hmm. and I am also all of these things too. And that's what complete, like what creates completeness for me, fulfillment for me. Yes.
0: Yeah. I think it's tough. I mean, I feel the same way. I have, I have my wholeness is motherhood is just a part of my wholeness yeah. and I need that other part of me. What, you know, for me, it's my career, but yeah. I think that there's a lot of other things that could be. Um, I need that because motherhood can be, it, it's a a journey that I don't control mm-hmm. and, my career to some extent, I have much more ages yeah. <laughs> Yes, 100%. Yeah. And it's nice to have, you know, motherhood. It's like, I didn't expect to wake up this morning and have my two-year-old having diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> and Like, crying and like, poor guy. But um, here we are. But I-, I get to do this podcast right now. And this, <laughs> I can control. And this is a nice little respite. And then I'll go back into the trenches. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well... Dr. Martinez, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for coming onto the pod and sharing all of your wisdom with us. Thank you. Tell our you. listeners where they can find more of you.
1: Um, I am on Instagram at Dr. Sahar Martinez. I'm sometimes on TikTok at Dr. Sahar Martinez. I'm the same with TikTok. I'm there. I don't really know what I'm doing yeah. over there, but I'm over there sometimes, mostly scrolling, sometimes posting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's Dr. Sahar Martinez, on TikTok too? Yeah. Perfect. I love your Instagram. Y'all go follow her. And do you have a website? I do. It's
1: saharmartinez.com. And for my practice, it's theprocesswellnesscollective.com. Wonderful.
0: Well, thank you for sharing your experience and your expert knowledge with us. This has been such a treat.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Becoming Moms. If you were looking for more support from me during your pregnancy journey, head over to SterlingParents.com to learn more about our membership. The Sterling Parents membership now comes with a private Instagram account where members can send me direct messages 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Pregnancy is hard. You deserve support. Head over to SterlingParents.com to get the best support available for your pregnancy.